Hi, everybody. I'm Rob Benedict. And my name, well, I'm called Richard Spate Jr. Yes, that's right. You are. And we are talking about season three, episode eight, A Very Supernatural Christmas. Very, very supernatural Christmas. So excited. I won't talk about it yet until we get through the summary, but uh, don't say a word about it, Robbie, until we get through the summary. Okay. So just so everyone knows, we are live streaming our review of this episode for our Patreon members. Plus we are live, right? We are actually live and we're doing a Q and a afterwards. That's going to be only for our Patreon people. Q and a. So if that sounds like something you'd like to be a part of, think about joining, won't you? It's uh think about it. Yeah, it's an exclusive place to watch us struggle through live streaming technology. I got news for you. If you if you listen to this podcast regularly and you are not right now looking at Rob's glasses, I'm not sure what you're even bothering for. I mean, you got to to be a part of this podcast, you got to see those those spectacles looking at you, boring holes through you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Robbie's got it going on, man. Yeah. But and if you I mean, I, you know what? I, if you don't join Patreon, I get it because you're afraid yeah. of the power of the Benedict. Right. I get it. But all I'm going to say, it's like it's like going to the gym or any other challenge. You're not going to know until you get in there and try. That's right. Until you load it up and just do your best. And then you know what? You might surprise yourself. That's true. You might surprise yourself. It's really true. If you're not on Patreon, you don't, you don't even see the glasses. If you're not on Patreon, this is what I look like right now. No glasses. <laughs> Right. Somehow joining Patreon draws <laughs> glasses on his face. Yeah, yeah. It's like a filter. Uh, all right, let's get into the episode, shall we? Uh, no, hard pass. I'm going to call it. <laughs> Bye, buddy. Thanks for joining, everyone. <laughs> it's Christmas time, and Sam and Dean head to Michigan to investigate several disappearances where the victims were brutally pulled up a chimney. Dean tells Sam he'd like to celebrate Christmas. Sam is hesitant. He doesn't have fond memories of Christmas. Dad was never mm. there for them. And we see Sam's memory of a Christmas in 1991. He has wrapped a present for dad and tells Dean he hopes their father shows up. Remember your Christmas 1991? <laughs> you were a junior in college and, and just hosed the entire holiday season, hoping to get out of the house and go hang with your buddies. I remember you told stories. <laughs> that's, that's actually very, very true. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, the brothers suspect the disappearances are because of an, quote, anti-clause, uh, a type of evil Santa that steals people. At first, they suspect a local drunkard Santa, but he's not it. But he, but that was sad. It was sad. Local drunk Santa was sad. Yeah, that wasn't. You know, that's the kind of Santa you go. You know what? Hard times for that guy. Yeah, yeah, and creepy. Sam figures out that all the victims had Christmas wreaths made from meadow sweet, a plant once used to attract pagan gods. Sam explains to Dean that many Christmas traditions are actually based on pagan rituals. The brothers track down the maker of the wreaths, Madge and Edward Kerrigan. Sam and Dean pay a visit to Madge and Edward's home. The cheerful couple is super into Christmas. Lawn ornaments, giant gingerbread houses, over-the-top Christmas sweaters, and guess what? They are also pagan gods. Wow. We return to the flashback of a 1991 Christmas. Rob Benedict's is hoed, sitting in the living room, waiting for the clock to tick by to the moment where he can make his escape and go hang out with his buddies in his town of Columbia, Missouri, and catch up on what life has been like now that they're three years out of high school. Yeah, just so hungover the whole Christmas. Yeah, man. All right. Well, Lord. But for the boys in their 1991 Christmas, little Dean has tried to put together a happy Christmas for Sam, but inadvertently, well, I think he advertently stole gifts from the neighbors. But uh, it was a, turns out it was a girl neighbor, uh, more traditional girl toys like Barbies and batons. 
Uh, now, why do you say uh, they're, they're girl toys? I think I was avoiding saying having to say boy toy. May I say, may I say you know what they else also could have stolen? You know what uh, he could have stolen for Sammy? Uh, my glasses? Robin, Robin, because in those glasses, you're a boy toy. <laughs> Get it wrapped you up in a newspaper and handed, it, handed you over to his brother. <laughs> um, certainly, uh, anyway, it was a sad Christmas for little Sam. Little Sam gives Dean the present he was going to give dad. It's the amulet that Dean still wears as an adult. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that was very neat. Sam and Dean break into the Kerrigan's house and find a murder basement complete with tools, bloody bones, a grimy Santa suit, and a victim still in a red sack. Edward and Madge get the jump on Sam and Dean. They tie the brothers up. The couple prepares the boys for ritual sacrifice, but they're able to escape. The brothers quickly make some wooden stakes out of the Christmas tree and plunge them into the hearts of the couple, killing the pagan gods. Back at the motel, Sam has reconsidered celebrating Christmas. Surrounded by a few hodgepodge decorations, the brother exchanged convenience store gifts, have a drink, and watch some football. Uh, well, there you have it. What'd you think of a very uh, special Christmas episode? Man, I, I loved it. I thought it was super fun. I've heard of this one. You know, I've heard people refer to it a lot. I, you know, I haven't. I was like, I should have. Like, I should know about this episode, but I, I haven't seen anything from it. I, I just, it's classic. It's great. I mean, you know, I think I feel like I've heard it in association with Jay Miller Tobin, our direct, our, our right. guest later. Right. Because I think they've referred to, you know, outstanding directors who came through as in, you know, Charles Beeson and right. you know, Phil and all these guys. Right. And then not Phil, not Phil's a genius, but Phil lived with the show. He was a producer. I'm talking about guys who came, came in, yeah. guys and women who came and went and, and were not associated with the show permanently, but came in and knocked it out of the park. Yeah. This is just one of those episodes. Uh, it's seasonally hilarious. I mean, I love the fact that the TV show did a Christmas episode that was this dark and also hilarious and also incredibly sentimental. I mean, one of the things I love about the show is it has tonal shifts all over the place yes. and they all work. It's it's horror movie. It's family drama. It's comedy. All those things. And all those things are in this episode. And it's done so well. I think I think we've had one stinker in the entire like fifty episodes we've watched, and that was last week. So it's nice to get back on track. This show is just so consistently good. Uh, oh. I love I love seeing the boys as young. Those are the same actors that have played them before. Yeah, yeah, Co uh, Colin and Ridge. Yeah, you know those. They, 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 they you know those boys. That's their names. Yeah, Colin Ford. You know, and Ridge Knight uh, or Kinect. that's Colin Ford. Kinect. Yeah, we know him, right? Yeah, dude. We know Colin Ford. Oh, wow. I did not know that's who that was. He's yeah, that's Colin Ford playing Jared. He's, he's literally, he's perfect playing young Jared. Yeah, he's all grown up now. Yeah, you want to know a little, little Hollywood trivia? What? Colin Ford plays Jared Padalecki in flashbacks on Walker. No way. Wow. <laughs> yeah. um, well, the, both those boys are great as the characters. And just, I just thought that was so sweet, those scenes. Those, those, those scenes were, I mean, let's pause there and just say. Yeah. You have a show that starts off so violent, like you say, and then also humorous in that classic sort of Sam and Dean kind of bantery way, and then just dives into this really beautiful brother story. Yeah, yeah, like, and you feel you feel awful for them too. You know, they really struggled, and yeah. you see what their bond comes from in terms of uh, Dean protecting Sam, and you know Sam, what Sam had to go through as a young kid. 
Anyway, and 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 then the, the couple that plays the the pagan gods, they knock it out of the park. So they're they're literally pitch perfect. Marilyn perfect. Gann, Spencer Garrett. I don't know if you know Spencer Garrett. I, I know Spencer just from you know life in Los Angeles and being an actor. I and just know just watching him, like I know I've seen that guy before. Yeah, I mean he's always great. Marilyn was great. Uh, they were literally perfect. Perfect. Oh my god, he's great with the pipe and everything and. Well, zippity do. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. How 1950s dad. Yes. Like, you know? So much so. Now, how do you. Hey, mister, it, you got a mouth on you. How's it? You know? Yeah, totally. Um, how's it you know everyone in this episode? Oh, you need, you mean Johnny and, and Sandra? Okay, I'm going to pause one second. Oh, no, because I'm looking, I'm looking at the. Uh, oh, you know, I mean, Barbara and Mike. Yeah, they're fantastic. You know, the one difference between you and me, when I read the document, I read the words that are printed there and don't make up a bunch wow. of crap. Wow. <laughs> okay, we both know that that's a first. <laughs> Yeah, it is. But I wanted to, I knew Spencer. So I wanted to be sure I could say the woman who okay. played his wife. Cause I'm like, I don't want to say Spencer well, like, and the lady. The one who, woman who had one scene, the woman who, who actually sold the, uh, sold the wreaths. Oh, you mean, uh, Lu- Luella. Yeah. It's great. Love her work. Okay. Well, now let's, let's, let's circle back to how you don't know that was Colin Ford, a young man we've met and spent time with. I, yeah. Because he's five in this <laughs> and now he's 20. I mean, I, Pretty sure those numbers aren't right, but yeah, I, I know. I see where you're going. We've, I know, we've hung out with someone who played Jensen as a young man, but that's not Colin Ford. No, it's not Colin Ford because he plays Sam. Yeah. You know what's interesting is uh, he's perfect casting. I mean, they must have just canceled the sessions when that kid came in. He looks just like Jared. It's crazy. When do when do anyway, we, he's great. Everybody's great. When do we hang out with him? Oh, for God's sake, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Snooze Fest <laughs> podcast where Rob. Trips down memory lane where he actually can't remember anything. I am reenacting. I'm reenacting <laughs> the episode where we we go back to my Christmas when I'm a little kid and I I don't remember anything. I'm wearing these glasses. <laughs> um. Anyway, I love this episode. I, I really felt like they nailed it. I, I even to be even at the beginning when that you know when it says a very supernatural Christmas, I was like, oh, this is uh, so. Funny. Oh, can we? Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, and the very the the after school special kind of at the they did the after school special thing. I don't remember. There they could oh, there must only be a handful of supernatural episodes that don't do the then and now part. You know, like most almost all of them have the then and the recap of the dad, right? Where the brothers are, what's going on in the story, right? And there, there cannot be that many. I, I'm trying to think of any. I'm sure there are, and I know I haven't seen all the episodes, so you know I guarantee you there's some other ones. But it certainly it's the first that we've seen where they just dive right into the show, right. and they do so with this, you know, sort of stylized tip of your hat to an after school special. It's sort of like let you know immediately, yeah. like you're you're in for a different, uh, yeah, it's like journey. Yeah, the show itself has been kind of taken over, and is you know is now wrapped in a different wrapping paper, if you will. A couple, couple of things, a couple of things about that. They did, and I know they've done the different credit sequence for Changing Channels. They did a, a, a sitcom credits, but this was funny because they did the after school special spinning word special. And those who are too young won't remember that, but Rob and I do, if you're uh, our age and you got home after school, you turn that on and you're like, oh, cool. Some cool one hour movies coming on. Like it's after school special. And it was really cheesy. Deal. And there was always sort of a lesson, you know, like don't do drugs or, you know, don't well, do drugs. A lesson Rob did not pick up on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, certainly not in Christmas of 1991. Uh, but they, uh, they also, did you notice in the opening credits, instead of being like this demonic thing that explodes, it was a Christmas ornament. <laughs> it oh. was, Oh, funny. Yeah. 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 The whole thing was very tongue in cheek. It was really well done. Oh, man. And that that first murder is just brutal. That poor kid. 
The kid who comes down on the stairs and he's watching his uh his like grandpa. Oh, grandpa gets stuck up. Yeah. I, I would say that not only that kid, everybody remembers him as Jason Johnson, uh, but there's also the um I'm kidding, I don't know who that is. I was just trying to do the <laughs> I know everybody's name bit. Um well, it's, it's, it's Scooter <laughs> Scooter McScoots. But then the other little kid who, you know, when they see the next murder and the little kid watches the guy go upstairs and take his dad, that kid is awesome. That kid's great. And he's really young. He's really young, man. And he is, I I, I was sitting there watching that and, you know, I got to ask Miller, like, I feel like to get the looks on that kid's face, they were probably doing something scary. I know. know. He looks horrified. I know. Someone has his actual mom. Yeah, exactly. Or they're, they're, they're showing him how... How how much in taxes is being pulled out of his paycheck before it ever gets to him? <laughs> yeah, you're kidding me. Yeah, um, it's his tutor threatening homework. <laughs> um, so uh, all right, well let's let's get let's it's time the time has come to pay. Oh, I, this is an easy one for me. I don't know where you're going to go. You're all over the map, but I'm I'm just get, from creatively being unique from it's sort of out of the gate fresh style uh, for a tackling. A three-tone approach, horror, comedy, and plugging at the heartstrings. I don't know if that's a right way to say it, but you know what I mean? The heartfelt story of the brothers as children told in flashback, the comedy between the brothers, and even the heartfelt moments that Sam reveals that lead to these flashbacks are cool and, and heartbreaking. And then the horror uh, and the comedy. I I got to go with uh, it's a Stapleton, man. I'm back on the Stapleton train. Yeah. Bring on the Chris Stapleton, a full one. Yeah, I... Uh... For all the same reasons that you just named, uh, and you know, I, I just thought it was it was a terrific episode. It had everything. Miller really knocked it out as a director. Jensen and Jared doing everything we love that they do as those characters, you know. And it just I was thinking about it too. That like the characters of Sam and Dean oh. really just keep getting richer and richer as the show goes along. You know, where Dean doesn't get things that Sam gets. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I think I, I always I always feel like just to you know, sort of carve that out a little bit. I always like what the show is saying is they're smart in different ways. Is that Sam has the the sort of the library book smarts and Dean has the street smarts. Yeah. You know, that's how I always looked at those. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm not saying D- Dean. Levels of intelligence. I'm not saying Dean is dumb. I'm just saying like that's just the characters are so rich and uh, the, the boys play them so well. And I'm starting to see too, like, the differences between Sam and Dean and Jensen and Jared, you know what I mean? I see what it is that they're doing as actors and, and it's, yeah. uh, it never fails to impress me. Okay. I found this in my album collection and sent it to uh, Rich the other day, but uh, it's uh, I'm showing it to my page, the Patreon people. That's uh, that's, yeah. that's Kenny. That's full seventies. Kenny Loggins. That's Kenny Loggins that, right there. That's his, uh, he was uh, in a band with a young man named Messina and they were Loggins and Messina. There they, there they are. are. And that's that's a, an actual album that I had in my album collection. Anyway, uh, so I'm giving it to Kenny Loggins. Uh, I really love this um, episode. Return to form. Two things I got to say. We're missing a trick here. I mean, we're sitting here talking about Stapleton and, and Loggins. Let's, let's be honest. It's two full Santa beards, right? I mean, we got to go, how can we I think, not, seasonally. How do, we, how do we miss that? Well, uh, I don't know, but, uh, but I'm watching the flurry of, uh, of posts by the Patreon folks. They're like, Santa beard, Santa beard, Santa beard, you idiots. Yeah. Like, ah, right. Yeah. Santa beard. Yeah. So we're going to just make a quick season, seasonal adjustment, even though it's not Christmas outside your window, a seasonal adjustment to... Santa beers. Now it could be Kenny Loggins playing Santa. You know, we're not we're not taking that away. We're not right. taking Loggins out of the equation. Santa. Or Stapleton. I'm sure he's uh, bearded up and handed out uh, gifts to the kids. So we're going to go with two very full Santa beards, and not the fake beards. Real, the real. If you pull on it, they don't stretch with the right. elastic. Can't, two full 
So you, Santa beards. Right. So you're, uh, so I'm, I'm Kenny, I'm Santa Loggins. And I'm Santa State. And, and we're you're, signing off. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, one thing I was going to say, just before, while, while we're sitting in our review of this, one of the things I thought was really, really, really cool in the writing of the episode, in the directing and in the uh, acting, is how they're starting to show how Dean, as an older brother, absorbs the most of the dad's absence right and then tries to shield sam like yeah it's so well done in terms of developing who that character is as a grown-up when you see that kid as a child and the kid sleeps under you know has a gun under his pillow and is also like hey man don't say that about dad you see the emotional turmoil of everything he agrees with but feels like he's got to play the tough guy and be the shield for the little brother it's brutal to watch i mean to to say i didn't get choked up more than once would be a lie i just thought it was so so well written in the middle of this comedy horror here come these moments yeah. and it, they're just so well written they're so well you know miller got wonderful performances out of those those young actors and and told the story in a, such an honest way and it just makes you feel for both boys yes because it, it really you because i was going to say on the other side of it too you really feel for sam and like he did not have i i feel as the youngest in my family i always felt like i was like shielded from the drama that was going on and i feel like that's what's happening with sam too like he doesn't he doesn't quite know, you know, and at the end he figures it out. He's like, dad didn't come, did he? You know? Um, yeah. If- but it, it makes you feel like you can go back, you can watch that scene and then you can go back to early episodes in episode one and see Dean getting all pissed off that Sam's not coming out hunting or not right. helping. Right. And you see the, the seeds of that, yeah. of that person. Yeah. And being sort of shown here. And it's just so. And, well and with Sam, done. you see the resentment of his father and where that comes from. You know, yeah, I'd be mad too. Yeah, it's really brutal. And then he sort of, t- and then so Dean takes it on Sam sometimes. Sam takes it on Dean mm-hmm. sometimes. And they're both just little boys who are living a parent-free existence in those moments and trying their best to be, you know, kids and grown-ups. But they have to lean on the grown-up part because they're not allowed to be children. It's really gut-wrenching, man. Yeah, and uh, you know, this is their last Christmas together. Sad that show's about to be over. Season three was it? Yeah, that they they all tied it all Dean, up at the end of season three. As far as, as far as we know, we haven't watched it. Yeah. Uh, all right, that was a great uh, episode of television, and uh, two very full Santa beards. Uh, uh, you know, for this episode, can't do better than that. Thank you to our Patreon people for joining us for that summary. All right, we have a returning guest. Uh, we're so delighted to have with us Jay Miller Tobin, who directed his. This is his second episode. It's great to have you back on our show. Thank and it's you great very much. To have you back shooting another s- episode. And I, I just want to say that Richard and I love this episode. Yeah, man, it's, it's such a I great. I feel episode. like I won the lottery when I got this one. I mean, again, I had done the first one, which we talked about before, and you know there was no guarantee I was coming back. And then, of course, I got invited back. I was very excited, and they, I read this, and I was like. Am I doing the same show? What I mean, what, <laughs> yeah. where did this come from? But it was, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys know better than I do. I think this is one of the very first sort of. The first that went fully, like I was told, we, in our review, no opening like flashback to tell the story of what's going on. It no, dives it into this immediately special, style. Well, it literally says special presentation. Like, yes. Right. I yeah. mean, it's not a meta episode like some of the other ones, like this. Right. Where the monster but it's Nash, close. You know? Or baby, but it's 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 suddenly you're suddenly off in left field because it's been very sort of linear up till now, right? It's been case of the week right. that you're tracking with the brothers and their yeah. relationship and exploring that with the dad, which this does too. Yeah, but it's like all of a sudden you're you're in Christmas land, like it's totally out of left field. And so was that in the script that that like you know the way you did that from the real old 
you know, the, 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 like when, when we, we were kids, the, the special events, the special, right, you know, right. Christmas special, um, was that in the script that you, I, I honestly don't remember if that was like sort of one of the, the, the tags, but it was very clear what we were, what we were doing, that we were, that there was two very distinct worlds that we were telling. We were telling the idealized, you know, father knows best fifties style yeah. Christmas now it would be Hallmark. Now we would call it a Hallmark Christmas, right? right, right everything's exactly. perfect and the snow is just floating gently and, yes. you know, the trees are beautiful. Everything's just gorgeous. And, you know, and the decorations are impeccable, you know, set against the monster, against the bloody Santa and the, the, and the basement, which was a blast, you know? Yeah. I, so I, I got to ask because it, we read in our trivia that the flashback to the young men, to the young Sam and Dean, wasn't in the original draft of the script. So hmm. when you got it, were those segments already there? That was all there. Yeah, that was in the production draft for sure. It did, okay, I think this episode does something. And I, dude, I'm telling you, like we review. Obviously, we love a lot of these episodes, and they're and they're we're like, oh, this is great, this is great, this is kind of great. But it's great to have you here on the heels of one that we that just blew us away because you helmed it. And I got to toot your horn on this one. This is not a no brainer. This is not a a, a hole in one. You could have the bed massively on this thing. <laughs> Believe me, I know. <laughs> because it has three complete different tonal shifts in it. Yes, three, you, you've got the horror, which has to be legit, right? right? You've got comedy out the wazoo. Out, uh, over the top. I mean, again, to me, that was like, this was, uh, again, where we were in danger land. Or, you know, like. Right. But they kept saying, yeah. you can't go go for it. Don't, don't you know, let them, let them go. And you say that to Jensen and Jared and they go. Yeah, man. So, and then you had then obviously the yeah. sentimental part, which was so unbelievably powerful. Some of the best well, we've those seen. those kids, again, I think, I mean, again, I sort of got really lucky. We auditioned a bunch of kids, but those two kids were really remarkable. I mean, and I know they came back a number of times. Yeah. But especially young Dean, I thought that guy, you know, he's probably 40 now. I don't know. That was a while ago. But he's, yeah. Ridge. He really felt like he was in the skin of young Dean. You know, it's really funny that you, I, you're Absolutely. saying exactly what we said in our in our review. I was like, obviously, Col- uh, Colin Ford is, as... Uh, Both of those guys, yeah. As Jared is great, as Sam. But that kid, Ridge, really brought that tormented, I want my dad to love me. I want you to shut up. I want you to love me. I want to balance yeah, the two. I'll protect you with my life, yeah. but I'm not going to say a word to you kind of you know that you know yeah yeah yeah. i thought he did such a good job it was so well written but that's that's tough in in the hands of kids and so you had to have your head on a swivel man because you got spencer and that and the other actress playing that unbelievably great 1950s ozzy and harriet comedy well again working with spencer's a joy i've worked with him a bunch and but again this is very different than the stuff i'd done but he always sort of plays a little bit of the heavy or the office boss or the you know right and this was like again completely over the top you know, the, with the pipe and the, the half smile and the sort of so good. stuck up shoulder. I mean, he was hilarious. Yeah. The two of them yeah. were amazing. They were fantastic. They really were. And they, yeah. And that really makes the episode. I mean, well, that's... And, they, and, you know, the, the, the those sweaters that they wear were, were designed by Diane. What's her last, Diane? Oh, Diane, who, yeah, Diane left uh, the show so long ago. Gosh darn, I don't remember her. We'll look up her last name and get it on here. Weedis, I think, something like that. She, but again, she, listen, this was a show that was a, absolute utter gift to the art department and the costume department. I mean, the wardrobe department, because they went crazy. I mean, they read this and they're like, their eyes lit up. They're like, right. I know where to get all of this Christmas stuff. And I, we're going to design sweaters that are, you know, they were just, they just went, they went nuts. And of course, Jerry Wanick does brilliant work no matter what, but right. Yeah. You know, they, they, the, 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 again, the, 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 the polar opposites of dressing the basement with body parts and then dressing the upstairs with the, in, in, again, just the absolutely impeccable idealized Christmas. Right. Yes. And again, who, that little kid, 
in the from from the the, dude, the kidnap scene is just how good how good is that kid? That we kid talked about that. Great. How good is that kid? He's I thought I thought Miller must have been wearing like a devil mask going eh, off camera just to get like we did I did talk him through a bunch of that stuff. I mean, but you know, we, we all he was so sweet. He was a listen, he was a sweetheart. You can tell by looking at his face. He was and he really was trying hard and he knew what he, he actually kind of knew what he was doing, but just saying, all right, here we go. Ready, two, three, you're ah. you, you see, you know, or having you know somebody jump or I would boo or you know, just to give him something to react to. And he did, he did, it was brilliant. He was he was absolutely wonderful. Our, our joke during the interview was you must have been off screen showing him the Canadian taxes being pulled out of his <laughs> paycheck. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh no! Showing him, showing him what healthcare costs in America. Here, look. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Oh God. Um, so there's there's so much that had to be balanced in this, and one of the things you just mentioned, I have to circle back to. It was one of the more gruesome, uh, you know, crime scenes we've seen. Yeah. I've, we've seen vampires and stuff that like. We've seen gross, we've seen beheadings, we've seen sure. some violence, but just pure art department, like, there was a lot of meat on a lot of those bones down there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's great. Is that, I mean, obviously it's on purpose, but was was it on purpose to be, you know, you lulled us into a sense of we, it won't be that gross because look what else is going on. And right. then it becomes incredibly gross and violent. Well, and, it, and we, you know, we very carefully sort of choreographed the reveals with the flashlight. And it's interesting when I, I watched this again to get ready for this. And I actually was surprised at how much I used we, I, we, you know, between Serge and everybody else, but we used a really fluid camera in a lot of this. I mean, even, you know, in a lot of those things, and it's kind of unusual. I mean, it, it, a lot of steady cam shots, a lot of pan. And again, mostly it was about reveals. It was mostly about, you know, giving information and telling story. Like you'd start on something and you'd pan up and then you'd suddenly see a room that was beautifully decorated. Or in this case, you start down the stairs and then you follow the flashlight as it grabs these little bits and it pieces of just incredible gore, right. like just dripping, yeah. literally dripping. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and again, I think audiences now are more used to stuff with with movies like Hostel and all of that. There's a little bit more, you know, but, you sure. know this was this was a while ago, you know, so this was a little more shocking, especially for television. Yeah. You know, this was this was pretty gruesome, Rich. You don't. Right. It's not every yeah, day man. you see a, f a fingernail being ripped out. That's oh, what I'm yeah. saying. Like that. Like, like let's not skip over that. That was brutal. And of course, it's off really... when when you, she, they go into the pliers. And I'm thinking to myself, please stay off screen. But no, Miller. <laughs> oh no. You had to cut oh, no. down to the fingernail coming off the sticky goo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was even like, well, it's, it's not going to happen. He's going to no, be he rescued. He's not going to do it. Well, Supernatural is great for that. Just to the point where you say, well, we can't see that. Then yeah. you see that. <laughs> you see it. Yeah. Was that ever um, early in the show? Was that ever a struggle with what you could show and what you couldn't show? Uh, not that I remember particularly. Again, especially when we got into the the, the horse. Again, I don't. I, my, I just va I vaguely remember like the marching orders on this are you can't go too far, like in any wow. direction, like with wow. the idealized Christmas with the gore. I mean, that was sort of the the, the counterpoints yeah. of all of that. Was was that? And then again, the the slicked up you know, bloody Santa leather, Santa costume. Dude, yeah. that's so oh brutal. God. The bloody it's boots. Disgusting. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, gro it's, it's gross because a, it's Christmas, which is everything that is good. Right. And then, and secondly, it feels real. It doesn't feel like a ghost. It feels like a serial killer. Right. And that's, what's kind of terrifying. Well, also you this. see, um, there's an interesting point where again, I, and I don't, I don't remember how this came about, but we see, we see just the boots and the pieces of the costume, but there's a point where he, when he reaches for the cookie with the little boy, we actually see that it's a human hand. Like it's a, right. It's not like, a claw. Until then you're not sure what exactly. It's not a claw. It's not right. like some, right. you know, 
witchy right. thing. It's like, it's, right. a, it's like a human it's, hand, which yeah, I found yeah. when I was watching the show again, the, all these years later, I was like, oh, that's kind of surprising. That would kind of took yeah, me back a yeah. little bit. And again, yeah. it's like this really weird balance of comedy and drama because that little kid is selling the horror of 110%. And we think, oh, we think that kid's going to get snatched or we think whatever. Exactly. And that, that look when he's looking up just before he reaches for the cookie. I mean, you just, yeah, you think you think you're going to see another blood splatter against the wall or something. Yeah. And, and the whole time I'm thinking Miller's a monster. Miller's a monster. <laughs> the monster of this episode is Miller because well, he's going to kill this child. The thing that made me most uncomfortable about the whole show, all the rest of it was fine. Even where, I mean, I, I'm pretty good working with kids. I actually, you know, I like kids. I enjoy And the Kids don't end up on your set unless they got some sort of talent you just have to figure out how to talk uh, to them basically. unlike us yeah. grown-ups unlike uh, unlike grown-ups who just it's <laughs> luck of the draw the, um, but the 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 whole thing of dragging the person down the stairs in the bag i mean that oh, we, yeah. we had a stunt person we had a no you a didn't stunt per- yeah we did we had a little stunt person in that bag who was dragged down the stairs and i i can't remember i got i don't remember that person's name they were so willing and you know lou bolo the stunt coordinator is amazing he found somebody who was just totally gung-ho and willing to do it whatever we needed to do wow kicking and screaming the whole time in that horrible bloody you know santa sack oh my god God, that, that, that thing. I don't know why that rattled me. I was just so yeah. like, that made me so nervous, like dragging somebody down the stairs in a bag where they can't see, they can hardly breathe there, you know, and then he's still doing his whole thing, you know, the great, the, wow. the great, the great joke brutal. you do there is drag him down the stairs, boom, 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 all the stairs, all the turn, get around the corner. And you're like, Kyle, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Let's shoot one. <laughs> <laughs> What? What do you mean shoot hey, one? <laughs> just hold that thought. We're coming right back. You can sense it calling out to you. New reality seeks you. Join the journey to save Anomaly. Place where sound is magic. The only way to enter the world is by looking inward. Along the way, you'll learn potions, chants, and enchantments that will help you both in that reality and yours. So, answer the call and let your campaign begin. Featuring the voices of Ruth Connell from Supernatural and Dead Boy Detectives. There are ordeals ahead, yet with guidance, you will face them head on without fear. Todd Stashwick from Star Trek Picard and Twelve Monkeys. When the time arrives, wherever your journey takes you, be there with no attachments. And R&B singer N.C. Gray. There are worlds, realms, dimensions, and realities beyond yours. Anomaly is a role-playing meditation podcast that takes you into a world of magic and fantasy. You'll be invited to imagine yourself in scenarios such as learning to cast a tranquility spell or exploring a land vanquished by a dragon, but all connected by a shared mythology. The goal of guided fantasy role-playing meditations are to help you cultivate a sense of wonder, curiosity, balance and joy in your inner world. Role-playing meditation is a form of escapism and relaxation, as well as a creative outlet for the imagination. The first campaign is an introduction to the world of Anomaly, its lands, magic and secrets. 
In the eight chapters, you'll stretch your imagination, learn to center yourself, offer forgiveness, find confidence, relieve stress, and stop racing thoughts. Your true self will emerge, allowing you to manage your goals and dreams without confusion, distrust, or self-doubt. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Or visit SeekAnomaly.com to learn more. Anomaly spelled with an I-E, not a Y. Seek Anomaly. Hear its magic. And we're back. So the rumors have it that Jared surprised Jensen with real rum eggnog eggnog in the final scene. Do you remember? I don't remember that. Uh, I'm remember. just hearing it for we the first about time. last time where I was shooting over the Christmas break and things got a little uh, right. saucy yes. uh, right before everybody went on holiday. I don't remember that, but it's entirely possible that that is absolutely not off limits. I don't remember that per se, but <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm just reading it for the first time here, but it sounds that that scans. For, start, for starters, mm. I mean, it's a little bit like saying rumor has it that the sun rose almost every day. <laughs> Uh, Is that true? We're talking about two Texas boys. They're not afraid of a little drink. No, like pre-married in their 20s, you know, with big fat paychecks coming in. Oh, yeah. Bring on the eggnog. That's what I say. (laughs) Hey, what what is the um, dumb question? But when was the shot? Is this October? Like, when when, when were you doing this? Yeah, it was definitely, but it was probably... Well, it's episode, it's episode eight. What was it ahead? Actually, what was it? Yeah, it is eight. eight. Yeah. Eight. It, um, it, it, it aired in December 13th. So, yeah. Yeah, it aired, it aired really quickly. I mean, it was October into November. So it was right before. Then this aired right. It was the last show before the Christmas break on the broadcast schedule. Obviously, right. Okay. They wanted it there right. for Christmas. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, but, so, it's yeah. just, it's held up as one of, so this is season three. I mean, it's a tentpole Christmas episode for a show that had 15 of them. It's the oh, one. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, you think yeah. they had 15? Oh, yeah, right. Sure. 15 yeah, yeah. shows. I'm not sure they did Christmas ones, per se, every time. But, you know, obviously they followed the, the calendar, so to speak. And this right. one just stood out. And, and it has with the fandom since Rob and I joined it. I mean, since we became part of the show, right. people have always referenced this. One of my favorite things, I'm curious if this, if you had a hand in this as well, is... And this may, I, I mean, it may have happened before, but or since. But it's the first time I remember seeing not the crazy ball of smoke for the supernatural, but they used a an ornament. For Christmas, you know, <laughs> the ornament explodes, and right. I, I'm like, that's so clever. It, yeah. Was that a you thing? No, no, that was them. That was you know, that was just a take. But again. We knew from the get-go that this was going to be this, like, I thought it was going to be kind of a one-off. I mean, this became, again, became sort of a thing that Supernatural did many, many times and in much more extreme ways when you got into the big meta episodes. But it was like, again, I was sort of great at this. I was like, what are we, again, this doesn't feel like, like the same show, really. Well, We're doing something entirely different here, which was, again, it was a blast. I think that the show, Bob Singer talked about how that when they did uh, episodes early on, he was the first one to really test Jensen's comedy. Like, you know, sort of yeah. like, how, how can we do this on camera? Can it work and still be Dean? And it worked. In this case, I think you, I think you got the, the hardest one thus far in terms of three three concurrently functioning switches that right. you had to hit all three of these things because you'll be in the middle of a kind of a humorous brother conversation and and jared's character sam will just take it into a memory that totally changes yeah right it's completely different that's not e- i think i think it looks easy to people watching it looks easy that's not easy it's not easy to not easy. stage it's not easy to perform 
And you have to, you have to really, again, this was the one where you really, I had to really be conscious of the ins and outs of scenes, like how you, again, those, those, those transitions, those flashbacks, and, and you don't want to come in too hard to, again, this is all on the page. I couldn't ignore what was on the page. It was written this way, but you visually you have to sort of ease into those flashbacks so that you don't, if there's not, again, that shock or, or, or sort of brutal switch of tone, you have to be able to slide into it a little bit and, and lead the audience at that point, right? You want to lead them a little bit. Sure. Like, right. oh, we're, we're going somewhere new now. Hang on, just, you know, sit tight. Here we go. Right. How about if you, so when you get a, 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 you have two scenes where bad Santa comes down the chimney, right? Right. I think we have two, two, two of those scenes. How do you, is it your choice to go, okay, I just want to show this bit of him because part of what's scary there is like you say, you see the bloody sleeve, you see his feet, uh, you see something being yanked up uh, the chimney or whatever it is. Like, is it your choice to show Okay, I don't, I don't want to see his face. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, so. again, some of that was on the page. I'm sure we just talked about it in the tone meeting in terms of how we're going to do this. Again, and, and again, this showed there's a lot of, of slow reveals that were sort of built into the script. Um, and again, not knowing what the creature was, just indicating this is something horrible, again, with the bloody, with the bloody boots and all of that. So something just hor- horrifying. But again, not then actually seeing what it was until much later. And then when we see it, there are these incredibly sweet, ridiculously lovely you know older couple yeah i would love to have seen that couple come back i mean i knew it it wasn't destined with the uh death they ended up with pine boughs in their hearts so you know (laughs) but god they were funny they were just great i actually have a hilarious picture of the two of them standing side by side sort of like superman with their hands on their hips with their pine boughs like sticking out of their chest (laughs) tied on by the you know the fx department the the slow reveal of it being them you know it's just it's really well done and you, as a viewer you almost take it for granted but we're you really you're setting it up the whole episode by giving us little hints here and there little glimpses you know shots of a sleeve as opposed to a full body that comes right down. the boots those, those cre- yeah. creepy boots you know one of the oh, things right. that was funny too also is how and this is just, i mean it's dated but i thought you handled it really well uh miller even given the fact that you shot it long ago is that when they're in the shop asking about reeds, like yeah. there's some sort of weird like challenge to their masculinity that they're asking about <laughs> Christmas trees, which makes no sense. But no sense whatsoever. But it's it's like it, again, it's somehow it's it feels like Dean is just torturing Sam. Yeah, I don't, we don't even understand why it just happens. But it's funny. It's it's, it's really- super funny, I, and I think it's aged well. And a lot of those jokes don't. My point, like right. however you had them play it or whatever your ideas were. It was. It doesn't become a completely dated. You know. You know what I mean. Some of those jokes just don't carry over well in the, in right, the decades right. later. Um, so another detail question: When the pine bow is in the chest and you tip down to find the ornament on it, is that you or is it written that way? I, I honestly don't remember. That, that was, was super it, clever. That was, that was super <laughs> clever. That may have. That may have been us. That it it felt us. like you. I'm gonna be honest. It just felt like a director detail to me. You know, like yeah. because you come down. I'm gonna go ahead and say it was you. I'm, I'm going to say, say all right, I'll take credit for it. That's fine. That's <laughs> the classic Miller pine bow right, ornament, ornament shot. <laughs> it's buried in the chest routine. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you remember about being like, do you, do you have a favorite memory overall just about that experience? Aside from the getting a script and realizing you had that material to work with. I think ultimately 
the, it was the extremes of the two worlds, like we've said many times, you know, the, just the absolute beauty, like that house that we shot in with the, with the, with the kid. I mean, it was a, I forget the part of town, part of Vancouver, but it's that part of town, Queens, something where they just have these incredible Victorian mansions. I mean, that was a beautiful house. A beautiful. So, I mean, you have the joy of shooting somewhere like that, this insanely beautiful. And then you have, you know, the, the quote unquote joy of shooting in a set like the basement set, which is all just blood and gore. And, you know, you're just trying to figure out how to tell that story. And again, the jump scare at the end with the back. But the thing that always that I always walk away with is I love those scenes with the kids and I love the ending with Sam and Dean. I mean, the, the emotion of all of that is, is yeah. really where you end up hanging your hat because that's, you know, that's as with all stories, that's where you, where you end up caring the most is about your characters. Yeah. And the flashbacks that lead to that final moment and I, you know, something I had forgotten completely is that, of course, hanging over all this, and it's only referenced a couple of times, hanging over all this is that Dean has given up his soul to save Sam's life, right? That's that's the reference. Right. Of, you only have, we won't, you won't be here next year. So right. there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of melancholy hanging over all of those scenes. So yes. the emotion that we really had to pay off the emotion of that stuff, like that really yeah. had to, to land in order to justify the, the, you know, all the rest of it, because all the rest of it is so extreme. You, need, you needed something. And again, I'm really proud of the ending. I think those two guys just absolutely nailed it. And you end up a little choked up, right? I you mean, do, you, little, you do. Oh, you, you can't, know. you can't, it's an absolute choke up episode. Yeah. From the boys to, I mean, every, that's why it was so weird if you're a newcomer, and you're watching it, you're like, ah, oh, Sam and Dean, the old Christmas argument, ah, crazy crime, here they go. And then you just nose dive into this drama and you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. And you keep going yeah. back into it. You just did a great job, man. It could have easily been too heavy on one side or the other. And it was not. For me, what again, if just answering your question again, I'm going to repeat it. It's basically, if I'm, if I'm proud of any of it, it's what feels like real emotion between the two boys, which then mirrors and becomes the real emotion between Sam and Dean at the end, which again, I just, um, that makes me happy as a director. That's always the stuff that you feel like, Oh, I scored. I won, you know, the, you know, the story, the visual storytelling, you know, we all do on a regular basis, but when you get those little emotional moments that you can really, that really pay off, you're just like, okay. Right. Yeah. Great. And Definitely. we know, and our audience knows now from listening to us, how fast you're moving. Like you, oh you know, God. you're, just, you're a freight train and yeah. it's not like you spent all day getting that you spent, you had an hour and a half, you had whatever you had to do the whole right. scene and right. to be able to, you know, I do think again, to pat you on the back, I think a lot of that comes from, obviously you have two pros and Jared and Jensen, but you get guest directors where we are all visitors in somebody else's house. Right. And, and to have the confidence to sort of not let the clock and you drive you. You know, let, not let the other elements drive you, but but stay in the mud, get the performance, you know, and then move on. And right. I think it takes a talented and patient and seasoned hand to know when to fish and when to cut bait. Well, and it's that's exactly right. And 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 when you're building the schedule, like when you're telling vision, when you're doing just purely visual storytelling, like again the stair sequence with the little boy, and you're really just looking for image to tell that story. I mean, you're creating a horror scene essentially. But you know that you can that you can. It takes time because there's so many elements. There's the guy in the bag, and there's this, and there you're working with the kid. But you you know like when the when you when the camera picks up or gets the information that you want to get, you know, you got it and you can sort of keep going. You just sort of motor through that. You can motor through that stuff and have time to maybe find a little bit of extra here and there. The stuff you can't rush are those scenes like on the, with the boys on the couch and with Sam and Dean at the end. That's where I start getting really protective of them and also protective of my time. Like we have to get this right. You know, this is, right. this is, the, this is what we have to have to work on. I'm sure you've had this experience and just sort of dive into the technical a little bit. And you work with, to, to explain to folks, you work with your AD, your first assistant director, to come up with your schedule. And, and so Miller would work side by side with this person. To, Johnny Mac. Yeah. Johnny Mac. Okay, great. The great Johnny Mac to come up with the, the time allotment. And, you know, you have some choice there, some little room, and, but not a ton. 
based on like schedule and li losing light, but you really have to carve it out. You have to know when to carve it out for those drama moments. And I've been in those moments where the, the, the AD is like, wow, this scene's taking longer than, than I had scheduled for. I'm like, yes, because you, you allotted time for two people to walk in a room, speak and leave. But you've right. got to exactly. you've got to carve out the actual acting. Exactly. I mean, Johnny's not guilty of that. To give him due credit. No, not Johnny. Johnny. Very, I, he was not. Yeah, not he's yet. very he's very aware uh, and very also very protective. And not Kevin Parks, not the supernatural guy. That's I'm true. Just saying in general. But in general, right? You, if you look at a scene and it's it's two kids sitting on a couch talking for a page and a half, you're thinking, oh, well, we can knock that out, right? That's not going to take any time at all. But then you're forgetting that you have to do multiple, you know, you're really working with these kids, you're rehearsing, you're trying to find those beats, you're trying to find those moments. And, yeah. you know, you don't always go, get all of it in one take, right? I mean, that's, that's the magic of editing is that you can build those performances to a certain degree. But of course you want to achieve that on set because yeah. there's some consistency there. Yeah. You know, and, right. and adult actors are much more accustomed to that. They, they, they'll, they'll take a note and ingest it and it will be there each time moving forward, ideally. Right. But, you know, kids aren't that consistent. Kids aren't, right. they can be, but not not always. A lot of times right. you'll get a, a little bite here and a little bite there. And then you sort of, you can meld that together to make the performance that you're, that you were hoping for or looking for, you know, in the beginning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just experience knowing the difference, knowing when, when you're going to need that extra time. Yeah. And again, I get that's the, that's the one place I'll get a, a little fussy. I'm, I'm highly sensitive to the schedule and wanting to, I was an AD by I was an AD for 20 years. So it's built uh, into my DNA to, to be, to be responsible to the schedule. But the, the one time that I, I get de again, defensive of, of my time is when I'm working with, uh, again, on scenes like that. I'm like, that's, this is where we have to slow down, take the pressure off the actors, take, take a breath. Yeah, carve this out and make it and make it work. So yeah, and again, in this case, it worked beautifully. I mean, all across the boards, I think. Great, I agree. I agree too. Uh, <laughs> Good, we're really in, great. we're in unison. Yeah. Yeah, this would be our... a weird time to say we don't agree. No, it was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of our favorite. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, one of our favorite episodes so far. So congratulations, kudos. Yeah, you're Thank two you. for two, man, and you're directing I know, yeah. two good ones, right? I got lucky. Yeah, that's awesome. It, and it's, I love hearing your perspective on it all. And so you were involved in casting those two young actors. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think, well, no, actually it was... Did you I inherit done, them? I think I Yeah, they, they had done... I think they had done young, one more before. Young Sam and Dean, yeah, th those guys had been on I think this before. is their second, the second flashback episode, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I think there's at least yeah. one before this. You did great work with them, man. You got you got great performances out of two very talented young men. and, and Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. And great performances out of Jared and Jensen, who are always uh, talented when they're not nipping at the you eggnog. Know, no, <laughs> but they're also, but they're also to give them props. They, you know, they're aware when these scenes have to land, they know the show and they know that when we have these beats and they don't come often, I mean, you don't, you don't get these really hard, you know, heart to hearts very, you get them occasionally, right? but they know when, they know when they have to protect the show and make this work. And they, you know, they'll, they'll dig in too. And, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll work it and, you know, and they also know when they can throw it away and keep moving, which they will do. But, you know, when when it's time to, to you know, stand and deliver, they absolutely will, will do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Every time. Every time. Well, Miller, thank you again yeah, so man. much for coming back and talking with us. Oh, my pleasure. My uh, pleasure. Please uh, do it. You have another one, right? Uh, yeah. I have a elite, two, couple, one, couple two. more. Yeah. So you're couple not more. off the hook yet. You'll come All back good. and talk okay. to us. I'm, I'm, You'll come back. Happy. But this was yeah. so great. And it's such a great episode. It, it it lives large in the sort of canon of supernatural greats. I love that. Yeah. And you, you did good, kid. Good. Thanks, pal. Uh, thank you for being here. As always, the great Jay Miller Tobin. All right. Excellent. Hey, this is Jensen. I hope you're enjoying the episode, uh, but we need to pull over for a second for some messages, and I got to take a leak. Hey, guys, it's Rob. So check this out. I'm very pleased to announce that we have a new super sponsor. 
That's right. Marvel Strike Force. So Marvel, the one and only Marvel, has a mobile game. And it's a comic book fan's dream. Marvel Strike Force is it's a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. So, okay, so your goal is to power up your favorite characters and you complete missions and then you unlock fun stuff like gear and other resources and then you beat other players in a PvP, player versus player mode, such as Alliance War or Real-Time Arena. So as we, as I record this, they're enjoying their six-year anniversary. So you know what that means. Free stuff. Free stuff, just for signing up via the unique link in the description. So the anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. And if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. So make sure you log in every day, each week, you take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code for every new user, so please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. All right. Thanks once again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? What would you do? Would you go for a run, take a nap, read a book, watch Supernatural? Maybe all the above. Or maybe it's that thought that brings in a sense of panic. I mean, the question is, what time for what? If time is unlimited, how do we use it? Sometimes the hardest time for people who work every day is the weekends. When people are faced with a choice, if I've got this free time, what do I do with it? If this rings true for you, maybe therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy for many years now, and I talk openly about it. I still go to therapy um, about once a week, and it's just such a nice time for me to to have that free space to to try to figure out who I am, really, and what I really want and what makes me happy. It's super important and often neglected taking this time. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. So all you do is you fill out this brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and then, oh, get this, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge because they want you to be happy. That's what this is about. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash S-P-N-T-A-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash S-P-N-T-A-N. Thanks for supporting Supernatural then and now. And now, back to the show. All right, it's time for Mythology. Mythology, mythology, mythology. Evil Santa. All right, let's talk about Evil Santa. Sam mentions there's some version of the Anti-Claws in every culture. The brothers specifically mention a few. There is old Bell's Nickel. That's right, <laughs> Bell's Nickel. I'm just gonna, I'm going to read this as written. Bell's okay. Nickel, originating from the Palatinate region of Europe. Pa- Palatinate. Well, it's like the, the Palatine. I mean, I don't know, man. Palatinate is not a word I'm, I'm familiar with. 
Uh-uh. He is thought to be a companion of Santa's. He's Santa's buddy. Oh, he's a sidekick. Like a sidekick. Yeah. He's often depicted as wearing grimy animal furs and antlers on his head. Tradition has him appearing weeks before Christmas. He sounds like a, a drunk sidekick. Yeah, he carries a switch to use on naughty children. Like he a switch blade? Has, uh, no, like a stick. Oh. He also has cakes and treats in his pocket to give to good children. And he drives a van with no windows. <laughs> yeah. And he serves as a reminder to children that there's still time to get on the nice list before Christmas. The tradition is still celebrated in parts of the U.S., including Pennsylvania. That seems ridiculous. If you live in Pennsylvania, we're taking calls. Call us in. <laughs> Call us in. Call us and let us know why in God's name in Pennsylvania did you embrace this Bell's Nickel fella. It's time for Bell's Nickel, kids. Bell's Nickel. Boy, if I had a Bell's Nickel for every time we talked about Bell's Nickel... <laughs> <laughs> I'd have one nickel. I've been wanting to go the, to the Palatinate region of Europe for some time. <laughs> oh, Robbie, I can't run any fo- anymore. Ah, I can't breathe. I, I got a bad Krampus. That's a segue for you. Krampus, originating from Alpine folklore. Krampus Alpine is, folklore. And Krampus is half goat, half demon. Frida said Krampus is half goat, half demon. His name originates from the German word for claw. Yeah, the German word for claw. Traditions vary on how he treats naughty children. Not very nice, I tell you that. Some say he beats them, others say he eats them. I stand by my early statement, not very nice. Still others say he comes to drag bad children to hell. Well, that's what they deserve. Honor your parents or go to hell. As Christmas became associated with Christianity, the Catholic Church tried to bane him. (laughs) Or ban him. Uh, And there's lots of movies. There's a movie called Krampus. I think there's probably sequels as well. That he's uh, certainly, I mean, anytime you, 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 the evil version of Santa is just especially evil to me. Because Santa's like the most giving, nice person that a little kid can imagine. You think of Santa, you think of like somebody who just like give gifts annually. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's right. For no reason, except for the fact that they think you're pretty good. Next time you're kind of a jerk to me, I'm going to say, stop being such a bell's nickel. And I'm going to say, well, Rob, why don't you take the kids to hell? You know, it's just like the Catholic Church and Christianity in general. To spoil the party, come in and pee on the spark plug and ruin it for everybody. You got a guy like Krampus taking the bad children to hell, maybe beating them, maybe eating them. And then here come the Christians. Oh, we're going to ruin that and stop Krampus from taking kids to hell for being bad. No more beating. No more eating. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming to the party, Christians. Ruining it for everybody. Wow. Uh, we've got a letter here from the uh, Catholic Church. I uh, have to read this on air. Hey, listen, we, we got to do everybody's opinion. That's the Krampus opinion, not my opinion. That's I'm just giving you what Krampus is probably thinking. Oh, ah, oh, oh, I got it. Oh, the worst Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough of this one. Robbie, take us to the next one. Uh, all right, hold you in the car. Hold on, let me get my, my, why would my car be here, Nick? Oh, I see what you did. Nick Carr. You're so clever. Yeah, because the next character is called Hold Nikar. He was the Scandinavian god of the winter solstice. It was believed he flew through the sky, granting favors to his worshipers below. Many believe Santa Claus's traditions were appropriated from him. This is the demon Sam believes they are dealing with. In this Can episode. we just uh, pause one second and think about Mr. and Mrs. Nikar, who decided to name their child Hold? Hold. Yeah. yeah. I, I assume his, fir- his full name is Holden. I'm going to guess that the Nikars were big fans of uh, Catcher in the Rye, I'm just going to assume, oh. uh, because where else would you get the name Holden? I think that's where it sort of got its popularity. So let's just call him by his full name, and I'll just give him a nickname, his Holden Nikar. 
Thank you I have to much. say, I've never been a Nicar fan. It's too bitter for me. So I always get my martini, hold the Nicar. You and I used to fire up some Nicar after a long night of Licar um, <laughs> back in our youth. Let me pull the Nicar around and then I'll take you over to... Uh, anyway, uh, that was that. Okay. Uh, fun facts. Fun facts! The opening special logo appeared on many CBS holiday specials in the 70s and 80s. It's that well, actual logo. I know, but we just <laughs> brings up our, our failing in our view. We're like, the after-school special logo, which was its own logo. This is different. Right, but it's the same idea. I mean, yeah, same way. Same way. You're right. Oh, man, the fingernail thing. We haven't Ooh. talked about that. No, the, sir. No, thank you. The tool used to pull off Sam's fingernail is a pair of fencing pliers. They, you know what? Leave them for the fencing. Yeah, yeah, I think it's for putting barbed wire on fence posts. But uh, as in, like on guard. Exactly, because when you're when you're sword fighting somebody, you never know when you might need a specific pair of pliers. Right, right. To pull the sword out from your gullet. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us about Sam and Dean's motel room? Well, Sam and Dean's motel room door says the Thomas Kincaid Suite. This same year, Jared Padalecki played Thomas Kincaid in the holiday film The Christmas Cottage. Oh, wow. Remember, Thomas Kincaid did paintings with light. You'll get Christmas cards that have Thomas Kincaid paintings. He did. You've seen his stuff, man, because it's a big cottage industry. Thomas Kincaid sells all these holiday things. It'll be a picture of a cabin in the woods. And miraculously, the way he uses white and yellow paints and whatever he does, I don't know the secret, gives like the candle. It looks like it's actually illuminated. The stars oh, are actually illuminated. So they, okay. they call it his painting with light sold was, it like sold in malls like he, the guy sells an unimaginable amount of art to uh so Americans. he's rich so is 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 it a biopic when padalecki yeah. played kincaid he actually played the dude or was his name just coincidentally you know i think they're kincaid. i think they're saying he played thomas kincaid the painter the flashbacks to 1991 weren't in the original draft of the script interesting oh, that's interesting and they really yeah. tie they really tie the episode together. Yeah, they really keep it from being just a uh, sort of holiday joke episode. That's that's really that was smart. Whoever did that. Yeah, it was written by Jeremy Carver. So good, of course, one of the best. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is a great episode, man. We got to review another great episode. It's nice to bounce back from ghost crap. Uh, the yeah. one we didn't like. So uh, yeah, it was it was great. It was great to bounce back and and uh, interesting to see a holiday to watch a holiday. Uh, episode a month past christmas you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah it really brought the spirit you know rushing back into my heart and mind um <laughs> yeah it being in the rearview mirror now but a uh, very very great episode will stand the test of time as one of the well another great episode of supernatural one that that, that combines heart and humor and horror seamlessly yeah i would i would put it up there as a classic episode for sure for sure well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And, uh, you know, we'll see you next week. We certainly will. This episode of Supernatural features Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester and Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester. Guest stars included Marilyn Gann, Spencer Garrett, Colin Ford, and Ridge Kenite. A Very Supernatural Christmas was written by Jeremy Carver, directed by Jay Miller-Tobin. Editing by Tom McQuaid. Music by Jay Greska. Executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer. The original broadcast of this episode featured many of your favorite holiday jingles, including Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Jingle Robbie. bells, jingle bells. Saturday night, joy, holy night, corrupt. Joy to the world, all the boys and girls. Joy to yes. the fishes in the deep blue sea. Wrong and joy one. to you and me. Wrong. <laughs> 
This episode originally aired on December 13th, 2007. This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spade Jr. and Rob Benedict. Produced by Stephen Hine, written by Stephen Hine and Hayda Holscher. And edited and associate produced by Trey Booty. What's up, Booty? Ho, ho, ho. Trey Booty. <laughs> Music provided by Tim Wynn. Trying to be seasonal with Trey Booty. Yeah. The episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios. This podcast is from Story Mill Media. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter, why don't you, at SPN Then and Now. And become a member of the podcast at www.patreon.com slash SPN Then and Now. It's Christmas time, and Sam and Dean head to Michigan to investigate several disappearances where the victims were beautifully, were beautifully, or they were beautifully brutal. Or, How did you read Meadow Street as Meadow Honestly, Street? these glasses don't work so great. <laughs> they look good. I, I got to tell you something. I can't I read a this. damn thing. I'm speaking for everybody on the podcast. I'm speaking for people who don't know we have a podcast. It doesn't matter if the glasses work or not. Keep the glasses. Okay, I'm keeping them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't care if they fog everything out. And you drive your car to a bridge abutment and send family and friends to the windshield because you were speeding to start with and then rammed into a concrete pillar. It doesn't matter. Yeah. When they find your body, they're going to go, oof, yeah. he died wearing those glasses. Yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah, hey, meet me on Meadow Street. May we also uh, say, for people who can't see what we're reading, because nobody can but us, thank you, Steve, for making it point four font. Uh, I, I was a nice break from the tradition of a readable font like everything else in this document but literally you shrank this thing down to be on a grain of rice i, I know that steve wants us to wrap it up but you know what we're gonna do that again and i want trey keep it all now we're gonna do it as a medley handing off song to song seamlessly without any rehearsal ladies and gentlemen i give you robin rich sing the christmas classic classics classics <clears throat> robin rich christmas classics take one have yourself a merry little Christmas. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the silent night, holy night. Joy to the world, all the boys and girls. Joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea, and joy to you and... And deck the halls with balls of holly. La 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 la. Oh, come all ye faithful. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New. Have yourself a Merry Little Christmas. You're oh, welcome. It's so much better. <laughs> it was like. Wow. I mean, it, reading I them and trying to sing them. Well, you started out great, but then we just fell apart. Because you're not singing deck. Your joy to the world is throwing everybody off. Except for Hoyt Axon, who now gets our royalty check. <laughs> and also, the who covered that song? Uh, the uh, Three Dog Night. Three Dog Night, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's a little uh, something for nobody. <laughs> they're, a little, they're a little turd you can wrap up and hand to nobody. Story Mill Media. 